Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And to avoid any lazy negativity, we are making this here a drinking game. Yes. <laughs> Great. This is how we start our In the Heights episode. It's awesome. Okay. So to avoid any lazy negativity, we have decided that anytime we say something negative, dumb, stupid, inconsiderate about this here film, you're going to hear this sound. Woo. That means that we're buzzed. We have to drink. We hope you drink along with us too. So pour yourselves a glass and we're going to go visit the Heights. Yeah. Yeah. Slash yeah. Dave's Neighborhood. All right. But before we get into it, John, let's give our people some shout outs. Some shout outs. We have a beer sponsor because we're a drinking game podcast. His name is Carlos Barozo. You can find him on Instagram. The handle is cbarozobar2019. That is C-B-A-R-R-O-Z-O-B-A-R-2019. And if you're digging the music at the beginning, middle, end, every single episode of this podcast, just head on over to soundcloud.com forward slash docine dash artist. And you can download all of this music for free provided by the artist docine. All right, guys, let's do it. Jeff. That was fast, man. That was just like the end of those commercials where they do all of like the risks. The, like, ah, yeah, I the love risks. Death. Um, <laughs> this friends, is going to kill you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. Well, I think we are going to do our what you've been watching and any news and anything that we want at the end of this here episode because we want to get into it. And we have a very, very, very special guest who we are so unworthy of, but we're so happy she agreed to be here on the show. John, would you like to introduce our special friend? We have joining with us today, Amy Jo Jackson, co-host of the And Almost Starring podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Welcome gosh. to the show, Amy Jo. Thanks for having me, fellas. Oh, please. Oh, why don't you God. just tell all of these <laughs> listeners a little bit about yourself, your show, the And Almost Starring podcast, anything else you want to share where we can find you? Just give yourself some shout outs here. Sure. So my partner, Jeff, and I co-host a weekly pod called And Almost Starring, and we'll take a movie and break down the casting and kind of do some fantasy casting. And then Jeff will have done all of the research. Uh, I will be fresh to it. And he <laughs> will walk me through people who were up for consideration for the film. And uh, we talk about if that would have made it better or worse. And, uh, you know, we're both actors and we love movies and we love performers. So it's it's a very loving tribute to many uh, films and performances. And then there's also we'll occasionally do a real a real rotten movie uh, and see Aww. if yeah, some different casting would, in fact, have made it not so rotten or vice versa, Aww. really. See, we, we would never do that. I know. Well, it's kind of antithetical to, to your. I would what? I would I would jump in and say that this podcast was made for me. I have done many an IMDb deep dive. You have done this year some of my absolute favorite movies this year. You've done My Cousin Vinny. You've mm -hmm. done The Mummy. You had you had some Ooh. guests on to do Hunchback. Oh, yes. You did Superman, which was really interesting. You just did Raiders of the Lost uh -huh. Ark. You do everything from The Godfather and Cabaret to Hook and Drop Dead Gorgeous. And it is so, so exciting. I also should shout out that I was looking up what day In the Heights came out. And I was like, June 10th. I thought that was a Thursday. Movies usually come out on Fridays. So I went to Playbill.com because I figured they the would know. And tend to open on a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I saw your headshot. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> because you have you have an announcement. Would you can you, yeah, can you make sure. that announcement I now can. that it's publicly? Now that I mean I had to sit on it for about a month, which was uh. agonizing. Um yeah, I I wrote a musical. Um yeah. 
you know, I started writing it in, uh, I started like (laughs) outlining it in late 2019. And I had like a first draft of the libretto that I was going to have people over to read on St. Patrick's Day 2020. And (laughs) then, you know, we all know what happened there. Mm. So um, then I started writing music for, I thought I would have someone else do the music. And then I was like, ah, heck kid, give it a try. So um, yeah, Yeah. I am, uh, I have been offered a developmental opportunity via the National Music Theater Conference at the O'Neill, which is truly mind numbing. Uh, It is such a big deal and a huge vote of confidence. It is. I'm very excited. And also like, (laughs) are you sure? Um, Good scared. Yeah. Yeah. Good scared. But it's a, it's called Hatchetation. It is a, a musical zany anachronistic look at the life and times of the temperance activist, Carrie A. Nation, who at the turn of the last century would go into bars with a hatchet and just bust shit up. Um, and so I thought that nice. seems ripe for musicalization. So <laughs> yeah, it's really she, she helped bring about prohibition, prohibition, didn't she? Yeah. Well, Kansas I was did. a dry state at the time, or it was supposed oh, to okay. be. And so that's how she was able to go. I mean, she still got arrested a lot, but that's how she was able to go in and destroy all this property because mm. it's like this isn't supposed to exist. But yeah, she she did help usher in a lot more um, oomph for the movement, even though she didn't live to see nationwide prohibition become a reality. I just love already with that. I just love (laughs) that. I just love that Broadway legend and O'Neill Center artistic director Alexander Gemignani says these shows, the two shows, but yours and one other define what NMTC is all about. And it's hatchetation about a notorious hatchet wielder. I think it's so great to put those two together. Congratulations. We need a congratulations like buzz noise thing just so like it's, we've never we actually congratulated we should each gush other. Amy well, <laughs> congratulate you we should congratulate oh each gosh. other more often come on oh uh, come on right. i also well, want to throw out just a real quick uh i, I had the the honor of being on an, an almost starring one time and i love our gimmick. first guest oh, thank you so much i had a blast honestly i love your show i loved being on it i love the gimmick that jeff is the only one who knows It's so much fun. So if you get to kind of play Mm -hmm. along, folks, if you're into like Jeff and I love talking about this stuff, who do you think was also considered? Everyone who loves movies thinks about the the casting and you really do get to play along with you guys and for the last half of your show, which I think is really fun. You always have something to look forward to after learning (laughs) a lot about the movie. So really, really cool. Um, I am so glad you're here. I'm going to throw it to Jeff because folks were doing musicals this week. We could not have asked for a better guest. So, Amy Joe, thank you so much for being here. Jeff, what are we doing, dude? We're doing In the Heights. We're doing In the Heights. Uh, this just came out yesterday. Mm. All right. And we are going to talk about it. Yeah, and somehow we are so happy I've to seen have a it twice. Writer here. And somehow Dave has seen this twice. He's son of a jerk. Actually, let's throw it to Dave really quick before I give the intro. And Dave, would you like to give Amy Joe a very, very, very quick welcome to the show? I feel like sure. I feel. I feel like just, yeah. just to get to know you, we should ask what your favorite movie is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, this is, I'm not, oh, I love okay. so What a many. ridiculous question. Okay. What's, I know, what's, your, I know. what's your current favorite? If you, What's the movie you think of the, when you think, I like that? When when I'm thinking of something that I want to put on to like, like a, uh, my most recent favorite movie, it's probably Booksmart. I think it, that script Ooh, is so fine. tight. It's so yeah. funny. It's like, cool. But probably it's if cool. I'm saying of all time, what's my most watched movie of all time, it's probably Clue. Uh, oh, so oh. much fun. Good for you. Yeah. All right. And what's the, what's the worst movie you've ever seen? Oh, uh, I, I will just go with any Hulk Hogan vehicle. I'll go with I'll go with no holds barred. I find and of course it that was revolting. a trick question. You now have to drink. <laughs> and there's your first buzz. Welcome Good thing I made him a hat. 
Oh yeah, she's gone hardcore. She's drinking our Manhattan <laughs> on the show. Yeah, uh, we, we, we classed we, it up this week. We don't give our guests our beer sponsors beer. Um, friends, <laughs> let's get into In the Heights. Thanks for the preamble. We are so excited to have Amy Joe. Let's do it. So In the Heights, uh, as John had mentioned before, a lot of us here in the musical theater. Ah! So we we probably we probably have all heard a lot of backstories about the making of In the Heights, which is truly truly a great backstory. But we are of course going to be focusing on the film, which just came out. Thursday, June 10th, in theaters and for a limited time on HBO Max, although I'm sure Dave will definitely attest, go see it in the movies, go see it in the cinema where you can get that sound, hearing a great, great, great sound that is very percussive, very, very percussive, lot, lot of great sounds and the streets of New York City. So if you can see it in a theater, obviously, and you feel safe, highly recommend that. This musical was written and made a star out of Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote this over the course of about 10 years, although we should definitely, definitely shout out very early on that for at least four of those, he had book writer and future Pulitzer Prize winner, Chiara Alegria Hudes, who wow. adapted her the, the book into the script for the film. So she is the script writer for this film. It was directed by John Chu, who directed, among other things, Crazy Rich Asians. And the movie is about, um, Usnavi, the character Usnavi, a sympathetic New York bodega owner in the Washington Heights district of New York City, where Dave still lives, saves every penny every day as he imagines and sings about a better life. It is specifically about Hispanic culture in that part of the city, where it is um, a lot of Spanish-speaking neighborhoods and people. Um, And it's about life. It's about culture. It's about dreams. And it's about people living up there in Washington Heights, seeing um, who wants to leave, who wants to stay. It's such an exciting, exciting, exciting story. What's disappearing? Why don't we... <laughs> All right, Dave, well, you can get into that in a second here. But let's go ahead and just, we love to start with initial reactions here. So can I go right back to Amy Jo? And Amy Jo, can you give us your initial reaction? I imagine you saw this movie in the past 24 hours. Indeed. What did you think? Uh, I think it's, like visually sumptuous. I can't mm. believe how many dancers they had in those dance sequences. It just, it, it's yep. thrilling to watch. I think they did a brilliant job of also casting a lot of dancers of all ages and body types to really reflect mm-hmm. what the streets of New York City oh, yeah. look like rather than like what we think of as a Hollywood idea of, of what your average person looks like. Um, I hadn't seen the show before. I've heard yeah, all of ask you that. the songs. Yeah. yeah, it came out when I was like very new to New York and did not have much in the way of disposable income. Sure. Um, <laughs> so I didn't see this, but I know all of the music. And uh, so it was very exciting to see it uh, un- unfold and be like, I don't actually know what happens. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it overall. <clears throat> Um, I found it moving. There's some really like wonderful uh, performances in here that I hope are star making turns for some of these folks. Mm-hmm. And very exciting to see someone like Daphne Rubin Vega getting like this fun, splashy role when those of us in the theater world have been obsessed with her since we were wee little bairns. Um, so yeah, I really dug it. I thought it was really stunning. And it was a long runtime that did not feel long. Yeah. Um, quick aside about Daphne Rubin Vega, the original Mimi in Rent. She was actually, her voice was in the original production of In the Heights. They had a voiceover saying, oh, it's really hot out there. And they wanted like somebody who was a legend, um, specifically from a Spanish speaking background. So Daphne Rubin Vega's voice was in In the Heights, in the musical on Broadway in every single performance. And then here she is. <laughs> That's in amazing. The um, John or Dave? 
Dave, dude, I, I, I've been waiting to hear. I've been wanting to ask you this like all week. What was it like? First of all, if you could tell us just in general what it was like seeing it in a theater, because I think I don't want to speak for you, Jeff, but uh, I'm pretty sure Amy Joe and I watched it uh, streaming. Correct. Uh, definitely had the sound turned up, had a nice as nice of a system here as I could. But Jeff, did you see it in the theater? No, brand new, brand new TV and soundbar and limited amount of time. Okay, I so, so Dave, tell nice. me, first, just tell me about your experience overall, what you thought theater-wise. And I didn't know what kind of special screening it was. So what, what was the audience okay. like? Like, who so was invited to this thing? The, the special screening was a, it was a special event they leaked for Mother's Day, basically. And it was a push to get people back to the theater. And we just Mother's happened Day. to be, yeah, we just happened to be lucky enough to, like, have a friend who just put a heap of names down the list and got, tickets and he's like do you want to go yeah i want to go and so the theater wasn't that full at that point it was there was maybe 20 people in there the movie still rocked it was great like it was a, a good thing this time round, uh being opening i went to the amc in lincoln square in new york because there's the other screening was out in jersey and mm-hmm. uh so i went to amc lincoln and i went into the freaking dolby atmos and i sit in enf row and when those waves first break you're in the ocean dude it, mm. it is like the sound mix on this thing in a theater is the most amazing thing you've ever heard in your life it's it's not it's not scott pilgrim amazing but it's still pretty damn amazing <laughs> nice. and uh but also i was sitting in a bunch of avid lin-manuel miranda fans so they knew all the cameos they knew all the jokes they knew the musical numbers they like that they cut for pacing and stuff like that from the film like and everybody even if you didn't know all that stuff there's so many new york in jokes there that any like new yorker that goes and sees this is gonna laugh their ass off at half the stuff that they're saying but it's also a lot of the jokes are like kind of transcend that but there are definitely some stuff that it's like you only get if you have taken the a train oh yeah yeah sure yeah which I incidentally, I, should... I left the movie theater and got on to come home, which was weird. <laughs> I've, I've actually the the stairs that uh, he was painting on are down the road from my house. Um, so and... I, want, well, I wanted to talk about that because so this movie is about Washington Heights and Broadway musicals are amazing, obviously. But you know, when you're supposed to be in somebody's apartment, sometimes it's like a table and you're in somebody's apartment for set changes and everything. So to be able to actually be on location was something they insisted. And I heard a mm-hmm. joke that Jimmy Smith said, and Jimmy Smith's has fuck you money and yeah. Emmys and stuff. <laughs> and yes, Jimmy Smith's has sort of a, a cameo role that they they definitely, they, they fleshed it out a little bit more for this. Yeah, they definitely bolstered it for the star <laughs> name. But he made a comment about like joking about how Lin-Manuel Miranda and Kiara had to fight to keep this filming in Washington Heights, the fucking place that it's set. And he made a joke about how it wouldn't work in Toronto. I legitimately think the producers like considered Canada for this. Are you fucking kidding me? But yeah. what's even cooler is they insisted on it being Washington Heights, not only for all of the exteriors, but the interiors and everything, because they wanted mm. all of the money from this film to get pumped into the economy. I love so that. they yeah. they refused catering from any restaurant that wasn't located in Washington Heights, New York City. For all of the filming was in there. Not yeah. only that, like when when they go into the apartments, you can tell it's a yes. it's like a it's that's not a set, that's a Washington Heights apartment because it has all the weirdly placed power sockets in areas you would never <laughs> use on the walls and stuff. Like it's all there. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. A little too That's small. That was amazing yeah. though. Like that those shot of a snobby like kitchens. waking up and like hitting the the and oh. it just basically being like a Plus. cell. I was like, oh, yeah. this yeah. resonates. He was he was living <laughs> yeah, in my is. my room that I lived in in our old apartment, basically. <laughs> Mine too. I lived in that same room. It's exactly yeah. what I thought. I was like, I have lived in a room that small for years for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, um, a room where the, the camera operators were like, "Are we gonna? Can we take this wall out, please?" Can we, can yeah, what am I supposed to? What am I supposed to? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, I really appreciated this this movie, and I'm glad I saw it. I too uh, have never seen the show, so I definitely wanted to ask up front uh, before I kind of give my two cents. Um, I had also had never really listened to this soundtrack all the way through. Definitely heard some of the more popular songs when when the show was really happening about ten years ago. But uh, I didn't listen to it all the way through. How much was cut out of this? Because I, I, I did, I'm not going to lie, I did kind of walk away at the end wondering, did they squeeze everything into that movie? Or had they already cut like 30 minutes? How, is this a super was, long musical? Is it like It Hamilton? was close. There's, there's close. like, I think two songs they cut out of it, possibly. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, and they, cool. used, they used at least one of them for underscoring anyway. So yeah. And then uh, I don't know whether you guys noticed when he's on the phone. Waiting oh, on hold for the university. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get it the first time. I, I was ashamed of myself. I didn't get it the first time. But yeah, it was. That's there's... a nice in joke, not just for the Hamilton reference, but also as far as choice of song. It's kind. Yeah. It's just funny. It made me chuckle. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's again, like the other thing they cut was the song that I was like, we finished, and there was this. There's meant to be a reprise, and I'm like, that. They, they they didn't cut that and i'm like that's it i'm not moving and yeah for the love of god dave. stay stay to the end of the credits dave <laughs> saw the paraguay re- yeah, reprise coming yeah. he was like there's no way they're cutting paraguay yeah, there's no not way. when lin-manuel like, is playing it come on seriously <laughs> and also in my, in my opinion that was perfectly placed because yeah. like this film's a bit of a roller coaster like you start it starts off poppy and great and everyone's pumped and then it settles into their stories and then you get into like a little bit of the love story and then you get into you know the thing the fact the neighborhood's disappearing then you get into the like the big event and the tragedy of what happens and then it starts to bring you back up when like the love story sort of resolves but by that point you're kind of a little bit wrung out so if you stay to the end of the credits you will definitely leave with a smile on your face yes i yeah, agree it's definitely I agree. a good movie yeah i will say uh, before uh, go ahead yeah so i uh I did enjoy this. I did enjoy this. I, here follow comes me John. Though. Here we go. Follow me. Follow <laughs> me. Most people, I think, who love Lin-Manuel Miranda's writing have listened to his stuff more than seen his shows physically actually in a theater. I think a lot of us couldn't see Hamilton even if we wanted to. And I think most of us memorized, you know, or the fans out there who certainly my friend, certainly my ex-roommate, Jeff Ostermuller, memorized every fucking word on the soundtrack. <laughs> and I think a lot of people did. So I think the only... That, that's for saying for that with for a him sneering... For... You! For a <laughs> sneering undertone. <laughs> it's so good. For a wiggly pointed it's, it's finger. Still it's still weird. So I, still think I've, I still think I've bumped a button when that goes off without me touching it. <laughs> All right, John, check go it, ahead. Check finish it, your check thought. It. I think check he is it. so brilliant... And we could talk about the way Lin-Manuel Miranda's voice and style evolved in his improv music theater group at the bottom of the drama bookshop. I think there is something about the way he writes that lends itself perfectly, as it should, to the stage. And I don't know if it works perfectly on film. How many lyrics do you think are in this movie? And something like Hamilton. Thousands and thousands and thousands. And there is a rule in film of show it, don't say it. So I think there were some moments where I did kind of feel like it was kind of pushing against the rules of cinema a little bit. 
Um, it didn't bother me. I still liked the movie. I just do think they, they, I think they maybe could have cut a little bit more out of this movie and I still would have gotten all the story I wanted because my favorite parts of this movie were uh, throughout. There, there weren't like certain entire sequences that I love. There were a lot of moments and technically it's a huge achievement. I enjoyed the grounded uh, drama in the latter half of this film, but I do think because there were so many lyrics that are important when you're on stage and you need somebody to tell you a story, literally tell me a story, that's not what we do here. And I, I felt like there were some times where the urgency was lacking. Uh, let me give you a perfect example, just so you don't think I'm an asshole. Sure, sure. Sounded negative to me. Sure. When also, he also wins, the whole when movie, he gets the whole the... movie's about the whole movie's about stories and storytelling. But that's okay. Keep going. <laughs> I know. I know. That's the irony. I'm just saying. I just I, you know. I, and we're going to talk about this later in the week about how to adapt musicals or original musicals for film. Do they adapt well? Is there a problem with that in general? When he wins the lottery, when he or he doesn't win it, but whoa, whoa, have, whoa, 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 whoa! This is a change. Up. Spoiler the, alert. Fuck this it. is a change for the musical, though. So this is a big one. This is, but. Spoiler alerts. We're talking about uh, we're talking about a movie that came out. When he realizes he has that winning ticket, we're at hour two at that point. We're about twenty three minutes away from the end of this movie, and I don't know about you, but I was t- I don't know the show at all, so I was coming in cold. I was like, here we go. I was feeling the momentum, and then it stops. He he goes to the door and she walks in, and it's it's not even like they played it with urgency. So I did kind of want to ask. Is that how it is in the show? Like, I feel like that would have, I think it would have dulled even more on stage, not even because of the rules of film that I'm talking about. Was I really the only one who felt that no, I, for the I last was, 20, 30 minutes? I would say the last bit for me, I felt the theatricality pushing pushing its way through, both both yeah. immediately starting where you're talking about when she walks in the door. Yeah, uh, and then I was like, "Wait, you're not gonna figure that out? The cage of two things at once? Take a walk with <laughs> yeah, me, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly, but, um, exactly. But you know, I was like, okay, on stage, you're in a unit, or not a unit set, but you're in a, you know, you're you have your setup, so it'd be harder to like do a scene change and you know whatever. And then with the resolution, like the mechanics of the resolution, felt very theatrical to me, um, in a way that I was like, yeah. May, is it because I'm like so steeped in the way musicals function that I'm feeling that? Right. Is it, um, you know, and I don't know, because again, I don't really know the show. I know a lot of the score. Um, but no, I don't think you're the only one feeling that I, I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah, and yeah, I'll so- level, I will, I will level with both of you a little bit and to say that I first, I thought it was going to be a good effect because you're all going to be sitting there knowing you all, we are going to know that he has the lottery ticket and he's not leaving, and it's going to add this element of like, bro, you're running out of time. Like, come on, you got to get that lottery ticket. You're not going to do this. That that thing about nobody cashing the tickets, bullshit, right? Having said that, it it took away from the scene because it's hard to follow the scene when all I'm thinking about is the lottery ticket. So I don't know yeah. if that if that. And that's... I still I don't want to take anything so away from Lin Manuel's palpable genius. I mean, this was his first show. It took him ten years, right? But it's his first one. I think I think I, you can literally see here see the the refinement of his style in Hamilton, even though sometimes an issue I have with music theater in general is that urgency is so important in the theater. And we get, we talk about that so much when we're working up shows and developing shows. And then uh, some musicals, I think when you finally begin a song, drop the urgency in the, specifically the verses. Sometimes the hook is fun and the chorus gets you there, but the verses will slow things down. I think you can hear in Hamilton, he learned that fucking lesson. I don't know if he actually listened to In the Heights and said, oh, I could have done this better. But the urgency in every verse of Hamilton is 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 staggering, right? The momentum is overwhelming. You're kind of on the edge all the time. 
so I don't know if I'm going to blame John Chu for, for this one, or if we should hold it against Lynn a little bit as well. But I do think for as long as this movie is, um, I, I did start to notice myself watching it, and I started kind of thinking about the mechanics and the, the theatricality of the ending. Right. So, But I still appreciated the hell out of it. Everyone should see this movie. I, I think it's important Be for a lot of different reasons, and it's very entertaining. Before this spirals into Negative City, which we said we're going to be it's, again. Well, it's I funny because Lin-Manuel Lin just, Lin just sent me a thing on Twitter. Uh, hang on, I'll just play it. Fuck you, Yeah, John. That's right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> See how um, tight that was? See how tight that I, was? Yeah. I will say, no, I, I am obsessed with the musical and they did the right, they did the, the good job of just changing some things up a little bit and most of them work. Some of them, they probably, I don't know. Well, I'll think about it more in time. But initially, like, for instance, it, it opens with the... The, the musical opens with um, America. So this is the whole idea of the song America, which is brilliant. And yes, it was all done by white men a long time ago, West Side Story. But it just opens with the, I guess they're claves, right? That, it goes on. Yeah. And that's how this song America starts. And that's it. And then and, and then he starts. Careful, and then, and then we'll get a copyright violation. And then, yeah, right. And then Lynn walks out. And it was also his like wink to the audience who he knew was going to be a little scared of, of, um, of, of, latin rock rap musicals he was like it's good it's okay this is just fucking west side story give me a break right like at the beginning like you were okay with it yeah. when when leonard bernstein wrote it um and so this they dragged it out and it was slow and he was on the beach telling the kids and i was like can we get to it but as soon as the music started i, I really did have like tears in my eyes the whole time so i can only speak from my experience of being musical theater obsessive and having listened to this album for a long time even the changes even some of the characters you know the changes it was you know, there were some things where I was like, really? Are they really going to do that? And so I did have to check myself a little bit, but it was very moving for me. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the the casting and just a little bit more about what the show's about and see yeah, if and, that kind and, of... You know, the movie, not the yeah, stage play. Oh, yeah. No, I know, yeah. I know. But okay, so in this cast, we have Anthony Ramos, <clears throat> who was the original um, Philip and John Lawrence, right, in Hamilton. Uh, so he knew Lynn, which is always great when you're your lead of this, you know, momentous thing. Also, just a reminder, John Chu directed, the writer was Kiara Hudez. So it wasn't just Lynn. Lynn gets all the love, but there was, this is a very collaborative effort. So Anthony Ramos yeah. plays Usnavi. He was also um, Lady Gaga's best friend in A Star is Born. So you might have recognized him from that. Oh, um, yeah. Corey Hawkins, who you may know from Straight Outta Compton, and he's, he's, he's a burgeoning star like he's he's on the brain julia grad and he's amazing he yeah, played he played usnavi's <laughs> best friend benny you have um two faces that i had never seen before but um some hit tv shows out of there so so another like set of rising stars in leslie grace who plays nina rosario melissa barrera who plays vanessa uh you have jimmy smith as we said before olga Merides, and then there is daphne rubin vega a cameo performance by mark antony who, who sings a song during the credits and apparently he's very skinny I didn't realize that, how skinny well, he was. We that, all learned that watching this. He's really like I really thought like he was doing it for the role, and I was like maybe he really is this skinny. I thought he was just playing like a poor decrepit whatever. I think we should check on him to make sure he's okay. <laughs> right, 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 right. But the I, the idea. So all the music. There's a lot of words, but every it's it's about vignettes. So even though Usnavi is the lead, it's about the neighborhood and the people closest to him, and each one of them has a song that tells their whole story pretty much, and they do a good job of being faithful to that in this film. But there are a lot of moving scenes sequences which some movie musicals do better than others and this one keeps them all so all things considered the fact that it wasn't a train wreck is really good because th this is the kind of thing that in movies can just turn into music videos and then some preamble music videos and preamble yeah so i, I mean my pretty good. Fam famously i hated les mis um for the very reason that i love this film 
Wait, hold on. Well, the movie, the movie Lemurs. The yes, the movie yeah, Lemurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, <laughs> fine. I just, you're not allowed to hate Lemurs on this show. No, you said it. You said it in a way that was like you wanted okay. your audience members to tell their friends that you hated Lemurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell your friends Lemurs sucks. Um, okay, so I yeah, basically when they did that show, they they could have elevated it above, and it was like it was like filming a stage play, and this is the exact opposite, like. John Chu did this and took everything that was awesome about the musical and put it in a moving setting and built this world that you just want to live in. It's so vibrant and alive. I think he opened it up really beautifully. In particular, the number where they're at the pool. It's just like, mm. you can't even begin yeah. to do oh, any of that on a stage. Yeah. It was yeah. so inventive. It was visually stunning. And it was, I was just like, yeah, mm. I never want to go to a New York City pool. But uh, count me in today, you know? Yeah, I've had a yeah. COVID test at that pool. <laughs> Nobody has ever said in New York City, I have something. So this is right after they find out they sold the lottery <laughs> ticket at the bodega. They got informed that they sold the ticket, but they don't know who they sold it to. John tried mm. to spoil the fuck out of that before. Thank you, John. But we don't yeah. know who it is. And yeah. so they decide, they said, hey, we'll, te- we'll, we'll tell you the numbers. Everybody meet me at the pool. It's something that's never been set in New York. Yeah. And they do the song called 96,000. I'm not sure what musicals are obsessed with math about, but every single one of them seems to have a song in it. It's just numbers. It's just a number, yeah. I mean, he just can't help himself, right? He is just, this This one and Hamilton are overwhelmed with references to music theater. And it, it, yes. it's fun, right? If you're a nerd, you're going to find a lot of breadcrumbs in there. And, and I just have to remind you, the legacy of this, of this is, is helpful. And I know this is not a musical podcast, but... He did it on purpose because he knew people were going to be scared of a Latin rap musical. This is crazy to think of a musical that was just people who are non-white. This just didn't happen. And if it did, it was so, it was, that's all it was about. So the fact right. that this was just a huge hit musical that had a lot of different people that had everybody not think about it. Or if they thought about it, as soon as the story started, they didn't anymore. So to have references to, ooh, let's take the A train, which in this musical, in this movie, they winked to the camera because that's literally what it was in the musical. It was to all the purists, oh, Broadway. And he was like, guys, where are you going to take the A train to? Like, we're in the A train too. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. The I've never been above 96th Street joke. Yeah. And that's, uh-huh. and of course, it was Taurus, which is, which that's, is really, that's really every man. That's you. Oh my gosh, it was so, so fun. Can we talk about the characters? So, Amy Jo, you, yeah. you are a dialect coach, you're an acting coach, and you Correct. didn't know the you didn't know the, the Broadway show, so I will Correct. shut my fucking mouth. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> what, did, what did you think? I mean, characters, did any characters stand out? Any performances that really drew you yes, in? Yes, my favorite. My favorite number was uh, the Abuela's number. Me too. Which, Me too. I That's mean, a change from the show. They moved it. They moved it. It's good. Yes. Uh, yes, I did. I mm. uh, my my partner Jeff, uh, who uh, Jeff Ronan, my Jeff, <laughs> was mm. telling me that he's like, "Oh, this used to be blah 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 blah." Yeah. Um, I thought it was spectacularly filmed and extremely moving, and then just like stunningly performed. I have a couple of friends who were dancers in some of these sequences, and one of them just posted oh, nice. on Instagram today that um she because she was in that number as well as a couple of others and she was saying their first day of rehearsal they asked the actress like could you sing this acapella while we're like staging it and so she just like sang the number acapella and apparently they were like everyone was Magical. crying i was like yes obviously <laughs> can can you ask yeah. them what those yes. lights were they were using that tunnel because i've walked down that tunnel and it don't look like that I don't know that she'd know. She's like an incredible dancer, yeah. but I don't know that she she would know. Um, you know, uh, well, I don't even know enough lights to be able to make a joke here. But uh, you know, yeah. I can I can see what she took pictures of. But oh yeah, my gosh, yeah, that's so exciting. 
because I'm not sure if they painted them out or for, if they were actually strips on the ground, but it it, it looked amazing. It looked and, remarkable. The yeah. the way they the way they shot New York City and this neighborhood and these humans mm. and made everyone just look mm. incredible was just really phenomenal. I thought I'm not I'm I'm not kidding. I, I like I welled up a little bit when they went up up the hill and then came up and it's just the park mm. in front of the bridge, and it's like because yeah I. I walk two blocks, I can see that thing. And it's, it is a, it's a thing. It's a big statement to anyone who lives in like that area. Mm-hmm. Like it's a constant backdrop. Um, was there a single character you did not find lovable and charming and full of personality? Dave's hand like, is on that buzzer. No, I'm, I'm not kidding. Every single, I, I, in my opinion, every single character of this thing had, was charming and fun. And it, like even Jimmy Smith's when he was being a jerk. Well, it was, it was appropriately. It was still you like him, yeah. Because yeah. and it, you you see that it's based in love for his daughter, and in and yeah. also in like everything he's trying to do for the legacy of his family. Like it's all really couched in character, and not just like, wow, this mm-hmm. guy's unlikable. No, I think they cast the shit mm. out of it. You know, yeah. yeah. It's even you know, a look or a movement or anything like they. Yeah, I would love to be perfectly cast. I know we're talking about the movie, but I, I would have loved to have been in the room when they were writing this. It, when they started acknowledging, like. So we're not going to have where it happened. Just, you want to be no, in the room a, where it happened, Dave? <laughs> why is my phone so shitty? Why can't I get to it in time? <laughs> Buzz. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> for them I to, to do it. Just for them to. I wonder what it felt like writing a story without an antagonist. Because like they they don't have one mm. in here. The the society like the the world is pushing down on them. Yeah. The odds are clearly they're very cleanly established. You know what they're up I against, mean, but it's not a who specifically. No, uh, New I York that was has interesting. New York has an age old antagonist. It's called gentrification. Mm-hmm. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you think like, it's going to be Patrick, Patrick Page? The issues. Yeah. Patrick, Patrick Page, Page kind of represents it in a way. Um, hmm. but we barely get any of him, which I appreciate that we got a little cameo from Patrick Page and he was like, gotta get out of here with my deep voice <laughs> and my white hair. <laughs> and he filmed this before. You see the guy buying the business? Yeah. Oh, do you mm, not know yeah. who Patrick Page is? He's a legendary mm. stage actor, <laughs> Tony nominated. Don't, don't, who is he? What show is he? In? He's, He's in, in Hades Town, Town right, right now. But he, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he has mm. done, if you look him up, you'll be stunned. Spider-Man, turn done. off the dark, John. Get out of here. Yeah. The only one yeah, who knew what show he was in, and he's like, I'm going to have a good time. That's right. um, he can sing like mad and charges $9 for everything. Nice. Good for you. Back to the characters. I, I will be honest. I was worried about one character. I was worried about one. Character or on. actor? Okay, actor. I was worried about Corey Hawkins as Benny. Because this role is 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 written to be very scrappy, and it's supposed to be a "you're not good enough for my daughter," which makes Kevin Rosario, aka Jimmy Spitz, a villain of sorts in this in this show because he is in the way of of Benny, but but also in the way in a sense of Nina and what she wants to do. She's afraid of him, so he becomes this towering figure. And in this, they made him very likable, which is fine. But I was worried about Corey Hawkins because he was very smooth. He was very attractive. He was very obviously successful in the future, if not now. Like he seemed like he seemed like an easy case. Whereas Chris Jackson very notoriously was scrappy. You know, he was like not dressed very well, didn't talk very well. Like he was, it was that. And it was like he really had to fight in every single performance, I imagine, for that. And Corey Hawkins fucking wins you over, Ben. He is so good. That sequence where he's dancing on the side of a building, which anybody who mm. lives in New York, you know, there's no space in New York. And you're like, yeah, there is. It's just above you. <laughs> we literally sell the space above our buildings with the airplane rides. So they dance on the side of the buildings. It was brilliant. 
I want to know who came up with that because like, was it a cinematography decision? Was it directing? Was it like, was it written that way? Because that shot could have just as easily been done on a rooftop and uh-huh. still been okay. But they didn't. They went full magical. Let's tilt your world sideways. Really and I'll tell you, just to, just to come back to being in the theater, when you're sitting in row E in a Dolby Vision 60 foot screen yeah. and that's that screen tilts, you hold on to your damn seat. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> well, and we say all the time, all the time about, it's I didn't mean to talk, take over this, this episode here, but the, we talk on this podcast all the time when it's a musical there, it's, it's always stylized. Musical is never naturalism. Les Mis tried every musical that's tried to be 100% naturalistic failed. We're talking about singing in the rain next week, people. You want to talk about <laughs> naturalism, but this, it's just the right, so whatever you say about you know plot and movement in too many words fine but it is just the right amount of stylization so in that sequence for instance it kind of comes late to introduce something so quirky like that like even la la land kind of eases it in earlier but like yeah, i like, don't know if it but, was seamless but it, to be honest with but you, it was but... it was effective for your first watch if it you're emotional really you're late in this, the movie I, I don't know they have the whole sequence though where vanessa is like dancing through fabric you know isn't that before Mm. that that feels extremely high i've personally never seen that on the streets of new york (laughs) i really wanted i really wanted that fabric to be real you're talking about the end of her song when they drop fabric from the rooftops Mm -hmm. yes yes why didn't they do that for real they could have done that i thought that was like it kind of pulled me out of it a little bit i was like all right that's cgi there was also the moment where benny uh is uh, god damn it I, i i was i wrote this down i was gonna try to remember but He's talking about something, and out of nowhere, they start making dollar signs with like, "Yes, oh yeah, that's in ninety six thousand. I like yeah, that. That was, yeah, I didn't, that didn't, I don't know if that was necessary for me. You um, gotta make choices. You know, I do you gotta think, make some decisions. You gotta make choices. Sure, I guess I'm not surprised that the director of Crazy Rich Asians that can make anything look like the most beautiful, splendid place totally. of all time. There is some. I think. I think. I think there is a there is a piece of me that would love to have seen a slightly more grounded version of this. Um, all these people are fucking gorgeous they're like the most attractive people i've ever seen in my whole life and i know that their problems in the show as characters are not rooted in their looks so i know it's not like inherently a problem to do that but like you said about benny i think i agree with that and anthony ramos he's supposed to be kind of a loser i can kind of imagine lynn playing he's arguably a lot more attractive than Lin Manuel. I mean, a like, lot not more a attractive, right? Guy, like, arguably, yeah. but Lin Manuel's not like going to be a, a sex symbol. You yes, know? Lin. Lin is not charismatic. Like when you listen to him talk and stuff, he's, no, he's that's no, not a disrespectful Lin thing. Is he's charismatic. Just, that's why he he overcomes. No. Wait, what? Lin, that's the whole reason. And the I don't heights, know if I would say heights happened because Lin is charismatic. People said, I don't. know. I would say Lin is more charismatic than he is a good actor. Yeah, and exactly. That's not, Lin is a is a fine actor, but right. I don't think Chariz- he's a great yeah, actor. Sure, sure. But I think he has more charisma than like great chops. Oh, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I do know that. I do think they did maybe a little bit too much of that thing that I think contemporary musicals do love to do on stage and in movie musical versions where everything is really shiny. Everybody's really good looking. And I think you sacrifice some realism there. Uh, I, I do. I don't know. I just feel like you, you're kind of, you kind of have to just put on your cap for a second. We're going into a world where everybody looks like this and their problems must stem from something other than the fact that they are all tens. They're just walking around. They're just fucking tens talking about all their problems and yeah, the Benny is a perfect example. I don't know if I ever bought that there was, being someone who didn't know the show, I didn't think for one second 
that he was anything but a great match for her. I thought he was supposed to be respected, even though he works for her father. I didn't think there was anything wrong with Benny. So yeah, as much as I, I love that, that actor Benny in the too. role, yeah. I was kind of like, what's the problem here? What's his, what is he's, what, what obstacles I, is he providing I feel like for they himself and the characters around him? They deliberately shifted his perspective so that he was, his, his thing was he was losing his job and he was watching, like he was on the inside of watching the, the cab company get sold off and like losing the job that he prized so much. So there, there was like a little internal struggle for that. They kind of shifted him yeah. around a little bit. Yeah, I didn't not, feel like it's it possible was they, supposed possible they to didn't, be. Yeah, they didn't know what they were going to do with Benny. Possibly. Because they were all dreamers. You, you, think they, you think they're not sure? Yeah, maybe. I mean, if that, that's probably the only criticism I could come up with in the entire movie. I love yeah. this film. I'm going to watch it, you know, 16 more times before it disappears off streaming. I will, I will too. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I would love to. I actually really loved what Nina and what they did. And that's tricky because they made her, you know, a fashion designer who like goes to take lunch on 4th Street and like. Vanessa. That's not new. Oh, wait. That, that's not Vanessa, in the musical. You're right. I'm sorry. So sorry. sorry. Um, I mean, no, she, she, well, she just drops out of Stanford, but they, they don't. Oh, wait, hold on. Now I'm confusing the two. I think you're Nina, conflating. Nina, you're conflating. Yeah. Nina drops yeah. out of Stanford and then is just sort of stuck. So no, there's nothing there. And then Vanessa, I mean, I don't, she certainly doesn't have those kinds of sequences where she's like going and, and crafting and such. Not that I remember. Um, I don't think so. Maybe she, maybe she's, no, well, she's she just always song. on the phone. She's always on the phone. She never actually hmm. goes anywhere. So we never actually see that. Yeah. So she, again, this is the whole dreamer idea. Like we, we all, we only know who they are by what they're saying, by their dreams. We don't actually see how achievable any of this is for any of the characters. So in the movie, I guess, sorry, big picture though, is it's interesting hmm. to see these people because all of their dreams actually seem achievable in this movie. And that is an update. And actually that, that does work for me in here. But yes, in certain circumstances, it's like, Okay, just give it a little time, people. Just keep working. You're going to be okay. Whereas in the musical, it feels the impossible. The thing is also the closest, the closest they got to the show don't tell thing. Yeah, I would say that too. And while well. I agree with that, I can't help. I'm not. All right. I, I kind of. I guess I was kind of hoping they were going to make take more advantage of the, the two dream truly like dreamy sequences in this film. I think are the best parts about the film. I love when uh, definitely. Uh, Olga yeah. Meredith's yeah. number for the abuela when she's passing that worked for me beautifully I loved it I'm not sure if it's in the show in the exact same way you said they moved mm. it into place I yeah. thought that was great I also thought that um damn there was another kind of dreamy sequence that that worked really well I guess I was kind of anticipating them trying to play with the structure of musicals the way that you might elevate sequences at the beginning of a show if you're literally talking about dreams and the show's message is to resolve those dreams into what your reality actually is to accept that i was kind of hoping they would play with that a little bit more with the actual cinema the way they were making this movie and i think they pushed against that back and forth i can't even find a, a sequence to it like i felt like it was a little bit all over the place so i'm just not sure they took advantage of as much as they could have and i don't know what john Chu's you know, background is, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm probably not going to watch this 60 more times. I do think this is an important film. I think everybody should watch it, and I'm I'm glad I watched it. But um, that's something you yeah, something you said about know. 30 I'm, seconds ago. I would love to. <laughs> I would love to get into the the change, the big change for the musical. I know I keep saying that, but they speaking of dreams and dreamers, they do make this about the dreamers, the undocumented um, youth. Hmm. And that was that was the one piece that, of modernization that fucked that me up. I thought that was a sort of. That's not in the show. Written twenty years That's ago. How can show? it be? Because it was no. 
It was on okay, Broadway, great. like mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, long before this was a discussion. Can I also yeah. say I loved that kid who played Sonny. I thought he it was, was oh, yeah. so yeah, he charming. Was he was like he's like sixteen now. So and this is mm-hmm. him in the like pool. Two years ago. That's funny. Yeah, the pool number. That was the other dreamy kind of thing I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. he was so good. Um, that and moment yeah, so, probably got me the hardest when he finally realizes he can't. Go yeah. To- to see oh, this yeah. like like young like swaggering kid to then be so deflated like and have an actor who is the, talk about charisma like to have a kid who is like this charismatic and fun to watch just like have the like the blood drain out of his face like that was yeah. just like I mean, really effective that really hit and also the go jumping back to the scenes with the lawyer that you said kind of dragged for you they're not for you. They're going to resonate with anyone who's ever sat down with a lawyer facing down the U.S. Immigration Department. I thought about that. Dave, you just got... Yeah. You just did that um, trust me, that, that, yeah, that was realistic. <laughs> I think the two things that really... And I had it easy. Yeah. Well, the two things... It took time for you, obviously. So when they said, like, yeah, it took like five few, years... It took like 18 months or something. Yeah. So they, the two things that really fucked me up were just the switch of the dreamers. And then I think, I think movies, even no matter what you say about all the stuff you're, we're saying, and I hear it... When, when something says, like, how do you pay Sonny? I pay him in cash. Do you ever think about why? And I'm sitting there going, why do they? No, what's the reason? And I let it go. And oh, see, then I it, immediately it, knew what he meant. Yeah. And, and, I, and I should have. But and maybe I maybe it's just because I guessed wrong or whatever. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? And then it took I was like, oh, fuck, my God, that it just fucked me up so much that. And then I forgot the other one. I forgot the other thing that really fucked me up. Well, yeah, I was going to say the Carnival de Barrio, which I, which is great in the, in the musical, but in the musical, yeah. we get it. It's all about Hispanic pride. But to see this neighborhood and to see all of the different flags and to see everybody dancing, mm-hmm. you have a Cuban, you have a Cuban flag, which not, that hits differently now than it did 10 years ago. Right. You have a yeah. Cuban flag, yeah. a Mexican flag, which does that in the show, it's mostly Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. You see a Brazilian flag, you see all these flags and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then somebody like Sonny can't go to college. Go fuck yourself, everybody. Like. God, it, it was really, those two things really messed me up. That was good. I fucking loved it. I'm glad you said that because I think it's important that, you know, we're living in this age. My friend and I were talking about this the other night where like uh, macro diversification, like sitcoms where every color of the rainbow is in there. I think these are more important, really deep dives into into stories about cultures. So, so we're not trying to say that everything is fine and we all get along. We're trying yeah. to say, no, 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 there are individual aspects and this is how you're going to learn about it. And so this... I know I was being kind of critical, but like, I'm so happy that I watched this and I hope they make <laughs> millions more of these kinds of movies so that I can learn more about a culture that I did. I lived in the city and I did not know the ins and outs of this culture. I had friends who lived around Dave who lived in this fucking neighborhood and I don't feel like I understood this culture. So thank you. What what I think is also different about this versus like, we're going to do a show where yes, we're going to have, you know, just a a very colorful array of people, but they all can be anybody. And like, that's, that's also important, but like to have something like this, that there's nothing cosmetic about it. Like it is not just something so that that is like virtue signaling it is like no yeah. this is the point this is the point and this is the story we're telling that yeah. our melting pot is a much smaller more unique melting pot as a microcosm of the entire immigrant experience and yeah. this is like a, a latinx identity and i just yeah i totally agree that it's like mm. really exciting to see that to make it yeah because then it becomes personal jeff i felt that way you said uh, i kind of let go the line about how do you why do you always pay him in cash i think just speculating here, but I bet there are a lot of fucking privileged audience members out there, myself included, who hear the number 96,000 and think that's not, a lot. that's not enough to live comfortably in New York City anywhere. And, you know, you have to 
you have to adjust and you're going to grapple with these things when you leave the theater or, you know, in the moment, and then they're going to turn it around because it's well-written and you're going to have to grapple with it at the end when you find emotional resolutions with these characters. I think that's always going to be more beneficial. So I'm glad they didn't, whatever word we want to use for try to bring other people into the show and try to kind of do that thing. I'm glad they, they put up the barriers and made this a show about Hispanic and Latin culture. I thought mm. that was, yeah, I've, that I've, was I've, uh, brave. I've often said, like, um, the one thing that will fix a lot of people's prejudice and fear is if they travel and immerse themselves in other cultures. And I feel like this is this is perfect for people who can't travel or don't want to travel. Go to the movies, experience mm. this whole other culture, yeah, and fall in love like, with it. This is like escapism, isn't it? Like, I, I made that comment about maybe it could have been a little bit more grounded for me, but obviously they weren't trying to do that. They no. wanted to make, like, an escapist thing so that you can go on this dream ride with them and... And, and experience joy rather island. than it yeah. just purely being all about like, yeah, it's really hard for undocumented folks. Like that's definitely a note that they're like, Bing, and they hit it and they hit it hard. And you're like, oh, my guts, my heart, you know, but yeah. it's not it's it's celebratory. It is a joyful film and a yeah. joyful experience of these cultures and these people. And I do think that that's. You know, that's what a lot of folks have been saying is it's like that's mm. just as important to normalize, if not more so, you know. Exactly. Well, that kind John of all. John Chu in interviews has said that this he considers this movie a vaccination for the soul. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that's yeah. That, that speech, was... that, that little, not speech, but the, the, the couple verses that uh, that Usnavi's character basically says to um, uh, the young guy. What's his name? What's the young guy? Sonny. 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 You know, and he's like, so what if it's the last night? What are you going to do? What what if this is the very last night? You know, just I feel like it all kind of built to that moment for me. Um, and I feel like that's it's just so cathartic that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you have a heart if you're not going to feel something around that time of this movie. Dude, but, people around me were alternating laughing and ugly crying in the dark. <laughs> and that's what it sounded like in the dark anyway. That feels right. But yeah, it was it was. Yeah, they were uh, there were tissues going, there were noses blowing, and then they were laughing five seconds later. It was yeah, everyone had a great time in the theater when I was watching this. Can we, can we end with a round of high notes? Can somebody just say like a great thing about the film, and then we can wrap it up there? Something that was your favorite moments, cameo, uh, anything that we missed, any meat on the bones to end on a positive note. Anybody ready to go first? I see yes, John shaking I, his head. Amy, John, I will. Ahead. I will jump. I mean, it's kind of going back to what I said before, but I will. I will narrow it down to specifically. The moment in Pacencia y Fe uh. where she's on the train and she's singing and it's contemporary and then it switches to suddenly they're all in those beige outfits. Mm. We're in, in Cuba. In the flicker of a light. Done. Ah! Yeah. I mean, what? That That's like... Ugh. that's like what you go to the movies yeah. for, right? Because even <laughs> with like magic, the magic yeah. of magnets and crazy quick changes on stage, you can't mm. do that, but you can do it on camera. And I was like, yeah. this is a breathtaking way of not distracting from what that actress was doing and, and the, you know, but like enhancing and, and helping, helping her to more vividly tell this story. I found it beautiful and devastating. There we go. And that's the gush alarm. I'm gushing Amy Joe for the You know what? It's Jennifer. worth gushing about. It's worth it. <laughs> it is worth gushing about. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't think I have to say anything more about it, but that for, without a doubt, that is, that was the high point of this movie for me. I was transported. It moved me. It was surprising. It was unpredictable in a good way. 
Uh, Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean. I didn't, Jeff, I didn't mean. Jeff, I didn't mean to do it again. But there Jeff, you go. Stop yeah. hitting buttons. It, that's not. That's not an Oscar. It's not an Oscar playoff today. Usually it is, but it's not today. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I mean, I have, yeah. have to number say, and her. She was my favorite actor in this movie, by the mm-hmm. way. I loved her. I loved Olga her character. Uh, yeah, Olga she was Maradis. the high point for me. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. My my, I think my favorite part of this movie would have to be from the first crash of waves to I'm home. So the whole Jesus. movie, you asshole. So the film? Yeah. fucking loves this movie. You know what, Dave? Right, there you go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's the I'm first time anyone's really got really gushed cool. for five seconds worth of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, fuck you. Yeah. Dude, I, it was I, amazing I, to me. It just, everything resonated in the right way. I, I love, like, I love the food. I love the culture. Uh, it's, it, everything. That's good, because right you live in that this. fucking neighborhood. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I now, I now understand why all these fucking fireworks keep going off. Now it's, you get it. I, I, I have a lot. I would say I want to give a shout out for all of the women, many different body types represented in this were so strong. And I remember seeing that in the show. It's just like everybody's so fucking strong. Like, you know, it's mm. like everybody can dance and move and, and is powerful and can beat the shit out of me in and out, like for sure. And I just think that was so cool. <laughs> Definitely shout out to Vanessa. It was awesome. But I think for me, the Chris Jackson Jeff's, Jeff's benchmark for choreography is can they beat me up can they kick my ass in an alley I'm just saying I, I don't see that in American choreography we're going to talk about singing in the rain as 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 amazing as everybody is it's a little dainty in this it's like it's, well yeah it's Debbie fierce. Reynolds isn't gonna what's she gonna take off a tap shoe and hit you over the head we're not there yet we're not that's for me how is that for me I didn't rip on Debbie Reynolds that's a buzz for the next show okay that's a buzz for the next show but I my highlight is Chris Jackson as the Mr. Softy guy Mm. Oh, yeah. to, to Lin yeah, Manuel, the way, the way. So Chris Jackson, the original Benny, George Washington, and Hamilton. He plays Mr. Softy to Lin Manuel, Lin Manuel Miranda's Paragua guy, who are arch enemies. The way Chris Jackson is counting money while staring at Lin Manuel Miranda is just like it's paprika <laughs> on egg salad. Was, it is what like, is happening between these two? I was like, yeah, they, it was there's something real. I thought it was so great. Surface. And then Dave's favorite. Other favorite part of the show, he said, I'm home. You didn't mention the after credit scene that you also love. So I guess that was a coda oh, yeah, to your favorite yeah. part of the movie. But then to, to see that at that the end. was a necessary part of the movie. All right. Well, I think we put all the meat on the bone. So thank you. That yeah. was In the Heights. We are now going to do our What You've Been Watching segment. So friends, we just did a lot here of In the Heights. But let's give the people some recommendations. Why don't we keep it quick? Can we start with Amy Jo? Amy Jo, anything that you would recommend? You had a busy week, but anything else uh, going on that you would yeah, recommend? Yeah, I am. So here's the deal. I am very slow to watch television, so I'm mm-hmm. very far behind. But I am working my way through the new Perry Mason, and it's excellent. So oh, excellent. I just say, hey, if you like all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and good acting and beautifully shot, Television, pop yeah. along. Yeah, if you like Sadly. looking at Matthew Reese, get in there. <laughs> Sadly, Tatiana Maslany won't be back. She's moved over to Marvel. Oh, well, I oh, haven't no, gotten to the Hulk? end. She could die for all I know, but I guess yeah, that's yeah. Don't say that, Dave. <laughs> I, I don't know what happens at the end, but yeah, she's... Dave, any, Dave, anything you've been watching this week? Been a short week. Here. Um, obviously, Loki started this week. Yeah. Um, so I, I oh, caught yeah, that. Sure. Um, I'm gonna wait till the next episode to weigh in on how that's going. Cool. Saw, uh, Leave it also, with an ellipses, oh, Dave. Leave no, it with just, a dot, dot, yeah, dot. Just, no, just quickly as well. One thing I saw as well when I went to the, the cinema was the trailer for the Aretha Franklin oh, yeah. biopic. Oh, Respect. my God. Yeah. Holy hell. Like, I'm, I'm raving about a trailer. And the like, trailer that, opens. Let's, yeah. be, let's shout out our theater people. The trailer opens with Audra McDonald singing. Blessings. That, but mm. then, of course, it's Jennifer Hudson plays Alicia. Uh, Ali, wow. Aretha, Aretha. Franklin. Well, I've been drinking. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, look, 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 look that one up on YouTube. Uh, you can also go to Love of Cinema on YouTube. Uh, we're there as well. Um, and, but yeah, look up the Respect trailer and have a look at that. 
Oh, Thanks, yeah. Dave. John? I saw two, two, I think, important things this week. Uh, first was... Uh, we four uh, days, John. What the hell? <laughs> including our two movies. That's four. Come on. I saw uh, Human Nature, which is a uh, documentary about CRISPR technology that's on Netflix. Anyone mm-hmm. who's interested in medical science and where it's going and kind of wrapping in the messenger you, RNA you just alienated stuff half of America. At. No, this is uh, this is really important <laughs> stuff. It's going to change everything, and we are really looking it in the face. This is like next level landing on the moon shit. Check that out. And I finally watched uh, Dreamland, the burning of Black Wall Street, which I think was aired on CNN last week to talk about the Tulsa massacre. It was produced mm-hmm. by LeBron James and Maverick Carter. It's mm-hmm. excellent. Uh, there is an aspect to it that they cover that isn't covered in some of the other uh, the PBS thing and some of the other podcasts that have been doing a lot of deep dives on it. Definitely recommend it. It's a uh, hour 40 something. So it's like a feature link, but it's worth it. It's worth it. I watched, I watched class action park on HBO max. If any of you are still oh. listening to this, I'm from New Jersey. I'm not ashamed of that. Oh, yeah. This is a, oh, yeah. this you is a water didn't go to the park, park though. Cause you still have all your limbs. I, this is a water park from North Jersey, <laughs> late, late seventies to early nineties. That was so dangerous that people went to get hurt oh so that they could brag about getting a hurt, getting a welt at class action park. People did die. So it is weird. It's like Dude, the Wolf of wall street watching I, something where you're like, wait, I shouldn't be laughing at this. Is people actually die. Like people literally flew off of rides into yeah. rocks. Like, I'm that's from how dangerous Australia, this park And even was. I knew what action park was. That thing is famous. I know. I, in the Valley, wrong way. <laughs> for me, it was always Vernon Valley, great gorge. Cause that's what it became after they closed. And I was a little young to, for my parents to just let me go for the day to a place where a water slide has a flip. You're not you're not harnessed in. Everybody is a different body size and weight. You're not strapped in. How is there a flip? There's no way that everybody does it the same way. People lost teeth on the flip and the teeth were lodged into the ride so that the next person got cut on the person's teeth from before. This place was a nightmare and it wow. only can happen in North Jersey. How did Bruce just, Springsteen not write a song about this? I mean, it, <laughs> Class Action Park, HBO Max. It's why I got HBO Max. It's to watch <laughs> that. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh. And, and, and was it worth it? Yes. With that, <laughs> oh, thank you, Amy Joe, for being here. Amy Joe is going to stick around and we are going to start recording right now our Singing in the Rain podcast, which is a part of our Should Have Seen It By Now because I, despite having a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in music theater, have never seen potentially the greatest movie musical of all time singing in the rain which is also available on hbo max thank you so much film fans for joining us we will see you this week have a great rest of your day or night